John writes, So Pilate entered his headquarters and again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints, in the time of trial, we must remember that there is abundant and sufficient grace and peace available from the eternal Father and from the Son, and from the Holy Spirit. The pierced one, who is the eternal beginning and the end, has freed us from our sins by his blood and made the church his everlasting kingdom forever. Christ, the King. So, What kind of king is our Jesus, our Christ? What authority does he and others say that he has? That really is the question of our text today. And John tells us that the Roman governor, Pilate, went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Now, the integrity of the Jewish leaders had more holes than a patio screen door. Even though they hated the Roman government with a passion, all of a sudden they call on Pilate and see him as an ally to do their dirty work, to take Jesus out of the picture because he didn't fit into their mold of an earthly ruler. And to do this, They say that Jesus claims to be a king. To stir up Pilate's mind, a picture of a troublemaker, the head of a Jewish rebellion claiming political power over the authority of the Roman emperor. And we have also heard the enemies of Jesus accusing him in Luke's gospel. We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. Luke 23. So Pilate is compelled to find out the truth about this Jesus, 
and he stands there before him on trial. Are you the king of the Jews? And Pilate, he hopes to get a simple yes or no response so that he can be in control of this line of questioning. But Jesus won't play his game. He responds, did you come up with that on your own or have people been talking to you? Am I a Jew? Asking the question with the question. And Pilate replied, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. In other words, I haven't done anything. Jesus was rejecting any worldly, political, or rebellious intent. If Jesus had been establishing a political kingdom, he would have encouraged his disciples to fight to establish it. But he didn't. What is it that you have done? Pilate asked Jesus. Jesus has done nothing wrong. And if he had, surely Pilate would have heard about it. Yet, at the same time, this is what Jesus has done. He has welcomed children and encouraged them. He has blessed his people. He has helped people so that they could see, perhaps for the first time, and especially helped them see spiritually that he is the Savior of the world, the Messiah. He has taught the people God's truth so that those who are lost and condemned may have the hope of sins forgiven and life with God. Nothing is impossible for him as he even conquers death by raising a dead girl and Lazarus back to life, bringing amazement and joy where once there were only weeping. He miraculously feeds 5,000 to show that he can satisfy the deepest hunger of the human race to belong and to be loved and to find fullness of life. He showed mercy to whoever begged him for it. Jesus showed compassion on those who no one else would go near, giving them a new start in life, new hope. Then, Jesus himself would know what it meant to be in need of compassion. One who no one else would go near, not even his father. As he hung, crucified on that bloody cross, this king was born to be rejected and for a time to suffer and die alone for you. This is the kind of king that we have. Gracious, merciful, loving, bringing the truth of God's word to the world. God's truth that condemns us all as sinners. And God's truth that says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
not the kind of king that we would expect. Doing things that we wouldn't expect an earthly king to do. And that is precisely how we know that the kingdom of Jesus is not of this world. An earthly king, he gathers taxes. The heavenly ruler lavishes his riches on the world by giving himself for you. An earthly king fills his coffers with the coins of the people. But the heavenly ruler, he sends his son that people might have treasures in heaven and joy forevermore. Now, dear saints, this Well, it's an unusual text for us to have here at this time of year in this season. One about Jesus standing before Pilate on trial just before Jesus's crucifixion. And that's really a a Lenten or an Easter season text. So why do we have it now? just before we turn the corner into the new church season that begins next week with Advent, we find ourselves on this last Sunday of the church year, at the end of the year, where it's traditionally been a time to emphasize the themes of the return of Christ, the resurrection, the judgment, and eternal life. So as we approach Advent and count down the days of, to the birth of our Savior. Today's text focuses on the promise that this Savior, born in a stable in Bethlehem, is our most worthy judge eternal. He has the authority to judge and save. He is the King, Christ, our King. And perhaps... To the world, Jesus doesn't seem like much of a ruler. After atrocities and terrorism cover our news feeds. But the Lord, he is king. And his will will be done. Just as he asks us to pray. His kingdom will not be overthrown by a coup for a popular leader like that of the kingdoms of this world. His kingdom will not be divided against itself for political power struggles like the kingdoms of this world. His kingdom will not be riddled with injustice like the kingdoms of this world. His kingdom will not be out of touch with the subjects that it serves like the kingdoms of this world. Because his kingdom, well, it's not of this world. And it does not work like the kingdoms of this world. So what is this world that we temporarily live in? A world where moral and ethical laws seem to be forgotten and non-existent. What leads people to live unlawfully to the extreme ways that can even lead people to murder others in cold blood? A world of hard hearts that don't want to show compassion and empathy to others because they are self-focused and self-consumed. Hearts that are entirely lacking of love and the end result to the extreme of life-taking hatred 
even with one brother attacking the other, like Cain killing his brother Abel in the field. Do you recall what our God, the Lord, said to Cain? What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. What have you done? And that was Pilate's question to Jesus, who himself became a victim of terror, unjustly tried and brutally killed. Now his blood cries out from the ground. It cries out from the ground for all people. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Jesus stood there in front of Pilate in the praetorium for the whole world, for the canes in this world who demonstrate hatred, for those so twisted and desperate for a cause that they join terrorist cells to do as much damage as they can, for a world in which forgiveness is not the norm, but revenge and bitterness is. For a world in which people only care about themselves in their natural state, who might only help others if there's something in it for them. Who is my brother's keeper? Jesus, he stood there in front of Pilate in the praetorium, the king of the kingdom, not of this world. And then he went to the cross for the whole world. And for you, your brother's blood is crying out from the ground at the foot of the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Yes, God really is gracious and compassionate. And he's waiting for even the most hardened people to have an opportunity to hear the gospel, his proclaimed word and repent of their vile deeds. Who of us would be so patient and so gracious? Thankfully, our God is. He really meant it when he says that his son is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. His blood has paid the price for us to belong in his kingdom. His kingdom, which we pray would come to us. So how does God's kingdom come? Well, God's kingdom comes when our heavenly father gives us his Holy Spirit through word and through sacrament. So that by his grace, we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in this time, in this world and in heaven for all eternity. Jesus is our king who rules in our hearts by his grace so that we listen to Jesus's words and belong to the truth. I ask you, is Jesus king of your life? Are our lives consistent with his truth, his ways? In his, is his church actually speaking to the culture around us or just mimicking it? What would happen 
if we heard Jesus's voice and then actually listened to it as it recreates us from the inside out so that we not only listen to the truth, but we testify to it, not merely in words, but through the ways that we live also reaching out to those who have eyes, but who are spiritually blind. Feeding those who have stomachs hungry for food and those who have hearts hungry just for at least one person to love them, to be kind to them, to be their neighbor, to be their brother giving the gospel of hope, new hope, to those who recognize that they are beggars for grace, just like you and me. Showing empathy and compassion on those who no one else will go near. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to that truth. Everyone on the side of truth knows my name and listens to me. Dear saints, the last day of the church year is a time to celebrate the kingship of our Christ. A king like no other kings. He gave his life for the sake of God's people. And through his sacrificial death, he put an end to sin, death, and the devil forever. For all who believe, for you and for me. And there will be no question about his return. As the scriptures tell us that all will know when he comes on the clouds in power and majesty to gather his elect to gather you, his chosen. So stay awake. And as we wait, we continue to serve our king by serving our neighbors, always remaining steadfast in his love, Christ-centered, congregationally focused, for Christ, your king, Christ, the king. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus for coming into this world that is self-destructing. Reign in our hearts so that we hear you and we obey you. For through baptism, you have gathered us to be among those on the side of truth who listen to you on earth as it is in heaven. May this give us peace, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. May it guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Christ, our King. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, Godspeed. Amen.